Hi everyone, this is Kavita, Certified Empowerment Coach and Hypnotherapist, and you are listening to the Enlightened Heart Podcast, where we explore topics that empower HSPs and empaths to go from surviving to thriving in the world. I use my years of coaching, my personal experience, and my training to provide deep insights and implementable strategies to help you thrive. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have Kathleen Joan here with me on the podcast. Now, Kathleen is a priestess of Bridget committed to the resurrection of the divine feminine, especially within her own Catholic Christian tradition. She holds master's degrees, and that's plural, in theology and ministry and has over 10 years ministry experience, including directing retreats, teaching classes on religion and spirituality, and leading small group spiritual communities. She offers Reiki, energy healing, spiritual direction, and new moon goddess circles and retreats to help women claim their sacredness in the image of the Divine Mother and take their place in the great rebalancing that is happening in today's world. Hi, Kathleen. So great to have you here today. Hi, Kavita. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. So great. Okay, so let's start with the question I ask everyone. Do you consider yourself a highly sensitive person or empath? Yeah, I do. And I would say that I didn't always know what that was, mm-hmm. being a highly sensitive person or empath until really was, I was in my 20s when someone who was actually my Reiki teacher mentioned being an HSP. And I said, what's that? And she explained it. And I said, oh, am I one of those? And she was like, girl. Like, yes, of course you are. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, you mean there's a category for that, right? So I guess I hadn't known there was a, a label or a particular way of expressing being kind of super sensitive to others' feelings or other people's energy. I kind of just thought that was normal. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that's the way that I am. But it, it started to make sense to me that maybe not everybody operates on that wavelength, right? And, and so anyway, I mentioned that that person was my Reiki teacher because Reiki is one way that, that I do find myself using my skills, right, as a, an HSP or empath. Yeah, so that makes you great at what you do, I'm sure, as well, right? So yes, it's so funny how we assume like everybody just experiences the world the same way, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> or I have the opposite, you know, some people will come and say that I felt so different and and alone and so you know when i found out that that there was not it's not like a diagnosis but it's it's mm-hmm. a temperament and that there's almost like a reason and i was wired this way it just mm-hmm. it's like this big weight like that mm-hmm. that's released off your shoulders right so mm-hmm. <laughs> so great um i love to talk about people's stories mm-hmm. so tell me about yours well, you know now you're doing this great work and with energy healing, is that what you've always done? <laughs> no, it is not. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, how I got to where I am today, it's a long story. And the most important piece of it for me has been this uh, spiritual sense of like following my path. So I did grow up Catholic, raised Roman Catholic, and I was always very uh, engaged with that and really committed to that faith and the path of you know, faith and service and all this. I volunteered with nuns after college, like lived in a community of nuns for two years. Yeah, everybody thought I was a nun. 
And, and like I was very sort of speaking, like, how am I going to follow a spiritual path and be of service, right? I always knew that there was a, a deep problem, that something was deeply off within the way that my tradition did not ordain women and still does not ordain women as priests. And so there was this disconnect between how I felt called to be a spiritual leadership and yet was being told, like every Sunday when I went to Mass, like just with the visual reminder, right, of the, the male leadership role standing up there in the role of the priest, that like you are, there, there was a message, right, that, that you're not good enough for this, right? That something is inherently less divine about you. Something in the, in the Christian tradition, the way I say, you know, that's that is, well, you're less Christ-like, you're less Jesus-like, right? Because you're female, which is, of course, silly. But so there was this, um, always this kind of, yeah, I guess disconnect, right? Or or way that I knew that something was off. And so, and following my spiritual path, like I, you know, I went and did my, my master's in theology and ministry. And I was, for nine years, I taught religion and led retreats at a Catholic high school. But during that time, I was also discovering the divine feminine. And she is what made things make sense to me. Like all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, you mean God is not, and I, like, I'd always known this, but there was a deep level of like, wait, you mean God is not an old white bearded man sitting up on a cloud somewhere? You mean like, <laughs> like God is something that can be within <laughs> us, right? And, and within mm-hmm. me as a female, right? Within anyone who is not old or white or male or <laughs> powerful, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. a king or lord or master, like these images that we get of the, the divine from patriarchal traditions that are so problematic. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, discovering the divine as mother, discovering the goddess really allowed me to, to say, oh, wait, well, if God can be she, then she can be within me. And I'm not separated from the divine by my gender, right? So I, I would say that that was a growth that happened slowly over time. But but now, it, you know, it's kind of come to the point where my mission is to help other people discover that, right? Discover the, the divine feminine, however they relate to her. And, and really, no matter your gender identity, we all have that that feminine aspect that has been really neglected in our images of God or of the divine, particularly in Western religion traditions. So, so my mission is to help people uh, encounter that, to encounter the divine within themselves because of that. Yes. Yeah. I love that story of how, you know, you didn't see that divine in yourself. And so the divine feminine helped you mm-hmm. to see that. Right. And so for those people that don't know what exactly, how would you describe the divine feminine? Mm, that's a great question. So I guess two answers to that. One is there are these basically just different images and names that we can use for the divine, right? And again, typically like in a patriarchal, like Western Christian tradition, people say God, it's the image pops up of like old white bearded man on a cloud, right? And it sometimes can be as simple as switching the names or the images to be something that we resonate more with. And all of a sudden, thing, new things come through, <laughs> new information comes through, uh, new mm-hmm. opportunities open up, right? Like, for example, the, you know, the image of the old white bearded man on a cloud, like, that guy, I don't find him super approachable, right? <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. and a lot of people yes. find him, you know, and, and like worse, I mean, like associated with really, you know, damaging patriarchal or colonial traditions, right, that have oppressed and damaged and harmed a lot of people. And so... A lot of people want nothing to do with that. A lot of people are walking away, particularly from Christianity, right? Because mm. that image of God is not something that's resonating anymore. So, so sometimes it's a matter of saying, well, maybe that's not who God is. <laughs> maybe God is more like the image that a lot of people love is like a comforting mother, right? 
mm-hmm. even within the Catholic tradition, the image of a divine mother has stayed alive actually through Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? And a lot yes, of people yeah. pray the rosary to Mother Mary or, you know, to La Guadalupe or to, you know, Our Lady of Lourdes, like all these different appearances of Mary have kind of given people a way to relate to, to something, to a spiritual mother, right? And she seems a lot more approachable sometimes, right? If you want mm-hmm. the divine to give you a big hug and be comforting and be nurturing, it's, it's important to cultivate those images because that's a lot closer to who the divine or God or sacred source, you know, actually is than sort of a powerful Lord and King who is going to punish you for doing things wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that idea of the mother, right. Mm-hmm. Or mother archetype also yeah. right, in society is that mm-hmm. mother that accepts us who, how we are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that energy into divine feminine and I'm getting goosebumps. It's, so amazing to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know yeah. your mom also could be to us. So, yes. you know, so many yeah. women, like we embody the divine feminine without even realizing it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, you know, you discover the divine feminine. And so, you know, you want to share that with the world. That's what you're doing now, mm-hmm. right? So what, tell us a little bit more details about the steps, you know, the key steps that you've taken to get to where you are today right now. Mm, yeah. Thanks. Gosh, I think, like, it's just been a series of, like, asking questions at every stage and sort of, I guess this is one thing that I would say goes with being highly sensitive or empathic is, for me, my spiritual path has involved a lot of deep kind of interior listening. Um, mm-hmm. And the task of, of sort of listening to the guidance that's within, rather than some of the messages that we're getting from outside of us. Is, I, I think I would say that's the most important piece of the process, right? Um, yes. Because, I mean, I can say, you know, the way I phrase it is um, the goddess showed up in my life. And what I mean by that is, like, I happened to go with a friend to, to this event, or I happened to ride a bus by this church where they were talking about the divine feminine. Like, it shows up as kind of like things that appear in your life, but they those appear when you're open and when you're asking the questions and when you're kind of curious right um mm-hmm. one, and you're paying one attention yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. right yeah well, i would say my first real exposure to divine feminine was um probably the first was like mother mary within my own tradition but i didn't i didn't recognize that because within catholicism mm-hmm. mary's very clearly defined as not divine right goes mm-hmm. along more with that like you know god is male and humans are not whatever femaleness doesn't go with divinity right but when I was finishing my degree uh, in theology and ministry, a friend invited me to go see a Hindu spiritual teacher named Amma. She's uh, known as the Hugging Saint, and she travels yes, around yes. the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like an enlightened guru, right? And and mm-hmm. her blessing, her darshan that she gives to everyone is a hug. And it was so, and she embodies the goddess. She like dresses up as the goddess and is like taking on that role of the loving mother who wants to hug everybody. It was so incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful experience. And I was sitting there going, wait, you can do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this like, a, like a woman is going to stand up there and not only like preach about the divine, but like embody her. And mm-hmm. just this, and she was totally, by the way, like you can totally tell she's on the spiritual plane, right? That most people are not all in this really incredible experience. But I encountered her and then I, I encountered a, a church in San Francisco that is 
called uh, Her Church. It's a Lutheran church where all of the images for the divine are female. And wow. so I started attending that. And I was like, again, wait, you can do this. Like, this is a thing. And so, like, I guess I would say, like, those opportunities are things that popped up for me. And then it was really a matter of listening really hard and kind of sitting with the contradictions, right? Mm-hmm. And I was feeling between where I felt I was being led. Like, I remember thinking, you know, this goddess stuff is like the most important thing I am pursuing right now uh, at this point in my life. And yet I wasn't comfortable talking about it fully in, in like a lot of the rest of my life, <laughs> including yeah, I had mm-hmm. a very supportive professional environment at the, the Catholic school where I worked. And it, it wasn't a problem per se for me to talk about, you know, divine feminine, but but there was this deep integration that, that needed to happen for me between, you know, the messages that always gotten of like, oh, the divine is not you because the divine is not feminine. So like really taking that in, sitting with it, praying with it, like receiving Reiki for it, which is something mm-hmm. I can talk about too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's so, you know, when I think of, you know, my upbringing uh, uh, is Hindu, right? So I grew up in a Hindu household. And I, at, you know, at a certain age, I, it started to feel really uncomfortable that there was the worshiping of the goddess and yet females are treated as secondary in society. And, you know, I don't want to go too much into this, but how, you know, if, if someone is pregnant with a female, with a woman, then that they don't want that child because mm-hmm. a female is considered a burden. So I would sit there and think, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. We're worshiping the feminine, the you know, a mother, this, uh, you know, the, the representation of feminine energy. And then we're saying, well, because you're female, you're not good enough and you're second uh-huh. to the male. Uh-huh. And so that, that kind of contradiction, right, <laughs> that's <Yep>. happening. <laughs> um, and so that contradiction really didn't sit well with me, uh-huh. right? And it still doesn't. So I love that that you're bringing this in to your religion. Mm-hmm. For me, it took like a stepping back, right? Mm-hmm. And not wanting to, like I really didn't feel like going to a temple. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. being there because I just felt like there was not the embracing happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you went, you worked at a Catholic school as a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that. Some yeah, people don't know that, right? And so you started teaching. How long ago were you teaching? Oh gosh, nine years. And I actually just finished my final year. So I, I stepped mm-hmm. away from that at the end of the school year. So that was 2012 to 2021. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure you catch so many lives and in that process. And so you've stepped away from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was- that's a, that's a discernment process right there, you know? Yes. I'm sure yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to step away. I'm done. Okay, bye. No. <laughs> no, yes. no, no, no. No, and that, that came from several factors. What is it? Um, I'm in the process of moving at the moment. But it did feel, again, sort of like the next step on my path, which um, mm-hmm. for me just became super important to bring the goddess front and center. And, again, had I stayed, I probably would have, uh, taught about her, right? I probably would have mm-hmm. um, developed an elective on the divine feminine in the, the Catholic Christian tradition, for example, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying there weren't ways to bring her in, but what started to be co- to just come really front and center for me was like, I want to be working, well, w- with adults, although I love working with kids. Yes, right? yes. 
but working with uh, people who intentionally want to to discover the divine feminine, to deepen that through retreats, through energy healing, and to really make that the focus. And, you know, at, at a certain point, um, I guess just something that you've done for a long time and, and was actually really good for a long time can start to feel mm-hmm. like it's not appropriate anymore and you're just ready to grow to something new. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I imagine that, you know, as, uh, and as an empath or an HSP, right, mm-hmm. there can be those moments where we become particularly aware of our own inner voice. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I had a lot of questions about leaving that job. I, you know, yes. I'm, I'm not going to continue in teaching. And so right now I'm in this in-between space, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. As I'm doing my divine feminine ministry and, you know, there's questions about what's going to happen next and what's going to look like and is the finances going to match where it was before and all of these things. And the one thing I guess I can say is like, I got to a place where the thing that once felt life-giving now felt uh, really cycling and really mm. felt like um, a, a dead end. Right. And, and we're like a year ago, it had not. And so it was really, again, kind of about just noticing and kind of and in some way, one way it was, courage to to take a leap in another way it was simply self-preservation because i was gonna go a little crazy like if i stayed with mm-hmm. the thing that was now feeling like a dead end right so and i'm not someone who like let's go of things lightly <laughs> so i'm taurus with a capricorn moon if that's okay yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i can get really grounded i can get really settled in things and so it, it sometimes goddess has to push me by making the circumstances feel really stressful right before I'm, mm-hmm. I'm willing to take that leap and so yeah just got to the point where it was time to move on yeah and I you know I'm sure some people listening are feeling that right mm-hmm. they know that where they are right now whether it's where they live or what they're doing for work in the world you mm-hmm. know and it just at one time it was where they were meant to be and then there's a certain point that you're ready for the next thing mm-hmm. right and and so you still have a choice. You can stay there, mm-hmm. right? And you, you stifle it and hold it in and, you know, whatever, deal with it. And right. a lot of people tend to do, eventually go into numbing and different ways to, yeah. to cope. Or you can pay attention. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you have in your life, at least the last 10 years or so, <laughs> paid attention, right? To what your intuitive guidance is telling you and what your body is telling you. And if you pay attention we all get those, those insights. It's just if we're not, if we're listening or not. And so you listened, which takes Mm -hmm. a lot of courage. So I want to acknowledge you for taking this leap, Mm -hmm. right? Into going into it full time and moving, you mentioned, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What a transition, but you know, we can all use some transition Mm -hmm. after the pandemic. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's like, oh, transition. Okay. Yeah. A little bit more comfortable with that Let's now. Do something different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yes. change this up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So now you do this work, um, the retreats and all that you're talking that you spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone that is maybe sensitive or not, or an empath or not, but is in a place that they're feeling what you were feeling, what you felt, right? That you there maybe where they're at is not not in alignment anymore, right? That's the be- Those are the best words that I can come mm-hmm. up with. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for someone in that space? Mm. Yeah, not in alignment. Yeah, gosh. I mean, I just, 
I know how hard it is, right, to be in that space where the thing doesn't feel aligned anymore, and yet I don't know what other possibilities there are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, often it's like a failure of imagination, <laughs> oh, okay. right? And like, you know, like I'm in that space, and I'm like, but if I leave this, I don't know how else, right? Like, it, during the mm-hmm. pandemic was when I officially started as a business, you know, my divine feminine ministry. I never heard of entrepreneurial ministry before, mm-hmm. right? I had always just thought of ministry as something that people did within these sort of institutional structures. And in my world, it was institutional church structures. So like parishes or, or schools and stuff. And entrepreneurial ministry, what's that? Like I even had a, you know, someone who's Catholic say to me like, well, is it a business or is it a ministry? Like you can't put those two things together, right? I'm like actually, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a ministry that has to be structured as a business because the institution is not supporting this divine feminine work, right? So Right. Anyway, yes. that's a bit of a tangent, but but feeling that lack of alignment, I, sometimes I guess for me it's been about trusting that there are more possibilities available than I'm currently aware of. Mm, because okay, yes, like it's like at each point, even when I volunteered after college, right? I, I worked with the sisters in Notre Dame. I did that in in Lima, Peru. I was in Peru, and um, mm. just experiencing a different culture and a different country. I just really so often would stand there and kind of be like, wow, like the universe is so much bigger and there are so many more possibilities <laughs> than I had just previously encountered, right? There's thing, it's like, I would, just the way that things operated, I would be like, huh, I never thought of that because it's not in your cultural worldview, right? So, mm-hmm. or even like a goddess church, I would have never thought there would be a goddess church, right? I had never heard of, you know, a Hindu guru who embodies a goddess and goes around hugging people. So like, mm-hmm. there are all these like, I think that's what a lot of my path has been about, has been about kind of discovering like the, this thing that I never knew existed, but it's like exactly what I wanted or needed, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know maybe that I needed. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I would just suggest just kind of, and this is super hard, but like mm-hmm. openness to the fact that maybe the thing you never knew you always needed is out there. You just don't know what it looks like yet. And, mm-hmm. and it could be around the corner. Yeah, just trusting, right? Mm-hmm. That there is something. If you're feeling this, mm-hmm. start to pay attention and see what that's about. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and and I will say this, sometimes when I work with people that want to change their careers, mm-hmm. they end up not changing their careers because it was more about finding other parts of their life that were out of balance. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're talking about. You felt like a stifling energy, mm-hmm. right? In what you were doing. So that's very different than I'm just tired. Yeah. Right. And so, so when you're in that tired and like kind of burnout phase, then it's about discovering, well, intuitively, what is this about? Do I just mm-hmm. need a break? Do I need to have more fun? Do I need to have better relationships, spend more time with friends, take time off, have boundaries, all those mm-hmm. things that we do? Mm-hmm. Or is this, is it really time for me to move forward? Right. right. And so that, that, you know, and, and when you do choose whatever you choose, there's no wrong right? In that choice, right? you know, th- that, you know, you can go and do something else. There's always a next step available. So mm-hmm. that trust, it's not easy, right? <laughs> but it can be done, right? Uh-huh. And so your story is inspiring to those that are in that mm-hmm. place. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that resonates a lot what you're saying. I mean, I, I discerned for a good year, right? Like mm-hmm. whether is and it was also a pandemic. So it was like, wait, yes. am I feeling the way I'm feeling because I've been locked in my house for months? Like, am mm-hmm. I going to feel better when we go back on campus? Like, all that, you know, 
And actually, the returning to campus was uh, what illustrated that for me. Like, it became a lot clearer. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, other people are feeling really excited to return to campus. Like, I would talk to my colleagues, and there was mm-hmm. that excitement. And it wasn't there for me. And all yes. of a sudden, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> this isn't mm-hmm. just the pandemic blues kind of thing, you know. This is about yeah. something really needing to be born <laughs> into the world, mm-hmm. right, uh, from inside that just needed a different structure and a different space. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I love that 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 description, right? You said, mm-hmm. "Oh, my colleagues want to go back. They're so excited to be back on <laughs> campus. They don't want to teach online." Right. Anymore. Right. And I'm not feeling that way. So you started mm-hmm. paying attention to that kind of yeah. being one of the things that led to this decision. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what about the Reiki? Tell me a little bit about the Reiki and how you oh, use yeah. that. Yeah, I think, well, I know you're a Reiki master, you know, as well. And yes. um, so, yeah, Reiki is just this beautiful energy. It's a form of energy healing. Uh, if people are not familiar with it, it actually comes from a Japanese tradition. So the word Reiki mm-hmm. means uh, divinely guided life force energy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this beautiful, uh, gentle form of energy healing where you channel, if you're in person, you, you know, the practitioner channels this energy. It doesn't come from me as the practitioner. It comes through. Right. Uh, it comes through us, I'll say, right? You're an awesome yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's an energy that, that is not from the practitioner, but it, it is truly, I mean, it's divine. It's divinely guided and it's a gift of healing and sort of restoring to well-being, balancing the energy that's in your system. It can promote physical healing. It can also balance your mental, emotional, spiritual, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the way that all interse- intersects with the body and the energy field and all this, right? The way I describe it is uh, like being in the arms of the goddess. Like it's mm-hmm. this really feels to me like a gentle hug from life, from the universe, <laughs> from the divine yes. feminine, right? Mm-hmm. So to me that, uh, it is a very sort of like feminine archetypal kind of energy healing mm-hmm. because it's not like I as a practitioner, I don't control how the energy is going to heal the person who's receiving right like I send that energy and it works in their system as it needs to mm-hmm. and to bring heal- healing and well-being and, and wholeness so and it's, it's very yin sort of practice in that sense it's a lot about receiving and being refilled and kind of restored so that you can then go out and be your best self in the world you know and I, I do connect it to sort of um being an HST or an empath like and, and I think my Reiki practice has uh, really improved my intuition <laughs> or my ability to, to pay attention yes. to what I know mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. empath, right? Because I don't like, there are sort of suggested, I guess, suggested ways that you can go about a Reiki session to make sure that the person gets sort of a total healing. But a lot of it is about following my intuition as a practitioner yeah. and feeling yes. like yes. you can actually feel where the energy, you know this, right? You can actually feel where the energy is strongest and that's where you go and that's where you channel the energy. So. Mm-hmm. So it is a deeply sort of empathic, intuitive, feminine, receptive <laughs> form mm-hmm. of gentle energy bath and healing. I just, I love it. Yeah. What a beautiful description of Reiki, right? I think mm. one of the misconceptions is that the practitioner is the he- is healing mm. the person. And so I love your explanation, right? Mm, and so, um, and so now how do you work with people now? I know I kind of mentioned it a little bit in the bio. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what's the work you're doing right now and you're stepping into, yeah. right? And maybe something, any un, anything that's upcoming. 
Yeah, thank you. So I do practice all of my uh, ministry is distant <laughs> via yes. Zoom or phone at this point, right? That's the wonderful thing about Reiki is uh, it works at a distance. So yeah, it doesn't, it's not bound by time or space because it's divine mm-hmm. and divinely guided. So um, it's been super cool to practice distant Reiki with clients who are on Zoom and I'm sending them energy and they feel it wherever they are, right? So I, I offer Reiki in the arms of the goddess mm-hmm. to help people get that sort of restore and refill with just life-giving energy so that they can go out and be who they are, uh, follow their calling in the world. And I also offer new moon goddess circles for women. So those are mm-hmm. retreats. Uh, they're like an hour and a half mini retreats around the new moon. And that's actually a part of a group called the Wild Woman Project. They offer the circles mm-hmm. through that group. And, and that's a global network of women's circles. So it's cool because we are talking about a certain theme that's related to the astrology of that moon cycle. And we know that women's circles around the world are talking about the same themes and bringing some of the same energies around this, the same new moon, right? So it's, it's a cool thing to be part of. And I offer uh, retreats as well. So uh, I actually have a retreat coming up for the fall equinox. And um, oh, thank yeah. you for including some of that information. Yeah, for anyone who's interested yes. on the podcast information. Yeah, so I will have that in the show notes, right? The mm-hmm. links to the Reiki healing, the goddess circle. Mm-hmm. Although I think that, that the best way to get in touch with you might be through your newsletter. But so I'd love to hear from you that. And then I will also just mention that I'll have the link for the, the fall equinox. Yeah, thank you. Event retreat. Yes. So, yeah. so how, what, I mean, if someone was like, oh, wow, I really connect with Kathleen Joan and I just want to be in touch with her and resonate with her, how would they be in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, thank you. So my website is bridgetflame.org. It's all one word. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to be in the podcast notes. And um, yes. my newsletter, you can actually uh, get on my newsletter if you um, download my free gift, which is on my website. Um, mm-hmm. I have a guide that I've created called Five Ways to Connect with the Sacred Feminine Daily. And that mm-hmm. is some spiritual practices that anyone can do, you know, just from your home. And you can work these into your daily routine to cultivate a sense of connection with that divine feminine energy. So uh, I'd love to share that with you. So you can, you can Yay, download that yeah. at bridgetflame.org. Yeah, what a fun, what a, not more than fun, but I love that free <laughs> gift, right? And so then, so we have all those, all those links with the, will be available. And so I also love to ask my guests for a resource, right? Maybe a resource that helped them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course you are a wonderful resource, all your links, your newsletter. And then, so something other than what you offer, what is something that a resource, I call it the resource reveal. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. So one book that really helped sort of solidify a lot of my thinking around uh, Divine Feminine was by Rianne Eisler. It's called The Chalice and the Blade. And mm-hmm. she draws on like a million different academic disciplines <laughs> to talk about, including archaeology, mm-hmm. oh, wow. to sort of okay. reveal how, yeah, how like in um, sort of the prehistoric, like Neolithic, prehistoric uh, Western, like Mediterranean and European societies were mainly goddess worshiping and they were extremely peaceful and egalitarian societies. Um, and she, oh, she yeah. compares that to kind of the, the energy of the chalice, right? Which is the respect for um, the ability to give life, which is what early people saw in, you know, the earth, like earth uh, as sort of our mother mm-hmm. and the bodies of women that were giving life similarly to the earth in her seasons and all this, right? So mm-hmm. she, she compares that to sort of the later societies that were patriarchal based on images of like warrior king 
deities, like gods yes. who were like warrior gods, right? And there was this moment in history, I guess, is what she's arguing in human history, when these prehistoric, like peaceful, agricultural, very egalitarian goddess societies were conquered by the, the warrior god societies, right? And mm. that we've basically been in a mess of patriarchy ever since. <laughs> Oh uh, wow! Okay, yeah, really it's fascinating. Yes. So, yes. so when I, you know, I read that, I was like, okay. So, and many people in the who I sort of encounter in a lot of women's spiritual communities will would say or argue that t- that today is sort of a moment in history when the divine feminine is coming back into our consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, so it's cool to kind of think about that arc of history and and what we can do today to move back a little bit towards those societies of peace and not having big, you know social differences and wealth and class and yeah. it's not it's not mm. the dominating power of the blade it's the life-giving power of the chalice right? so mm. anyway high yes. recommend <laughs> oh my gosh yes that sounds amazing yeah thanks for the recommendation yeah, yeah. Sure. so it's so great to have you on this podcast and i thank you for being so honest and sharing all that you did oh you're so welcome thank you so much for having me Kavita. this has been great Great. So thanks, everyone. Until next time, take good care. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Enlightened Heart Podcast. Remember, I will have all the resources that I mentioned available at theenlightenedheart.pro. I'm your host, Kavita. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to follow us. Take good care. Until next time. Bye.